0: Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shree. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd. Listen, everybody is talking right now about the leaked Supreme Court decision that's supposed to come out in June that will end Roe v. Wade. Such a great victory if this really turns out to be true and, and that's the way the court goes, a great victory for those who love life and love to see people. Uh, the preservation of life, and, and hate the idea that uh, a little unborn baby would be brutally dismembered in his mother's womb. The Sixth Commandment says, you shall not murder. And make no mistake, abortion is murder. We've had on our program just uh, 10 days or so ago, a dear, dear lady, Megan Cook, who went through an abortion and talked about it and talked very openly about it, about the guilt, about the shame, about the horror, and uh, about the healing that God brings. So we love women who have gone through that. We, as Christians, wanna be there. The grace of God is there. It is sufficient uh, for our every need, and God is a merciful and forgiving God. But we know that abortion is horrible. It is murder and a partial birth abortion i preached this before it is murder in the worst degree it is so horrible and so awful but now remember this if this comes out in june that it is true and roe v wade is overturned uh, the left and those who love abortion and the murder of the unborn and couch it in all kinds of terms a woman's right to reproductive freedom all that baloney uh, they're going to come Uh, with a vengeance, and so there are going to be repercussions for this, and so we as Christians need to be praying. Remember, Thursday, this coming Thursday, is the national day of prayer. Now, every day for a Christian, we need to be praying for our nation, but uh, Thursday is a time to gather to pray for our nation and to call on God. Call to me, the Lord says, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Second Chronicles 7.14 is a favorite verse. Some people say, well, it doesn't apply to America. I think it applies to God's people. If my people who are called by my name, God says, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will heal their sins land. We desperately need that in America. So I just want to encourage you as you hear all the things that you're going to be hearing about the leak and about uh, what's coming down the pike and the the onslaught of the left. And I've seen on Twitter that uh, women are recounting how abortion, uh, my abortion totally changed my life for the better and all this baloney, Um, just to keep praying, just to keep calling on the Lord and to stand up. Listen, we're in a battle for the souls of men. We are called by God to be watchmen on the wall. We're called to stand as good soldiers of Christ Jesus, and we're, stand, uh, we're called to, to stand up for Jesus and be his witnesses. That's why we're left here on this earth. You shall be my witnesses. Now you have power. Jesus said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. So let me encourage you in that. Continue to pray, continue to stand strong, and get your worldview not from culture, but from the Word of God, because God's Word is true, and everything that He says and everything that He uh, tells us is going to happen, it will happen, because God cannot lie. So that is my two cents on what's going on in uh, in the big, big, big issue of the leaked Supreme Court uh, decision coming in June, and we do pray that that will come just as uh, it has been reported, and that God would uh, bring an end in America to the awful, brutal, murderous practice of abortion. Well, I wanted to share with you uh, today uh, an experience that Debbie, had, Debbie and I had over the weekend. We were uh, asked to uh, to lead a marriage conference for Houston's First Baptist Church for their newlywed and close class, which is such a great class. This is something that all churches uh, need to have. Uh, First Baptist Houston, or Houston's First, as they call it, uh, they started this class, I, I don't know, maybe 20-something years ago, and it's a, uh, it's designed to be a 12-month class, and they have the same lessons every week uh, for, for uh, 12 months, and it's designed to help couples that are uh, very close to marriage or have just gotten married to build a strong foundation. And one of the highlights of the class every Sunday morning is to have this retreat. And we went to Round Top, Texas. I had never been to Round Top, Texas. I had never even heard of Round Top, Texas. It is the uh, like the mecca of uh, antique shows and, and it's like a giant rummage sale type place. Uh, many of us have heard of Canton in uh, East Texas, where every month they have this big flea market. Well, uh, Roundtop has kind of just got a a whole host of different items and things that uh, that people flock to to decorate your home or whatever it might be. I was told that Chip and Joanna Gaines that they go to Roundtop to get a lot of their stuff, but we were there. it's one square mile. They say it's the the population of Roundtop is 90 people, 90 people. The average uh, income for Roundtop is something like two hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a year. It's a crazy. Uh, place just out in the middle of nowhere. It's about 20 minutes from Brenham. Brenham is the home of Bluebell Ice Cream. And so Debbie and I went, not knowing a whole lot about the town, but it, it's very quaint, it's very interesting. And we were at this retreat center that's owned by a husband and wife who love Jesus, and they have 60 acres there, and they have uh, different houses and things. They can seat uh, or, or house about 100 people And uh, so we had this great retreat with these couples, and they were so eager to learn and to grow. And so we talked to them about the subject of marriage and how to have a great marriage. Listen, on a scale of one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best, God wants your marriage, my marriage, our marriages, He wants them to be a 12. He wants them to be off the charts great, enjoy life, with the wife of your youth, the scripture says, this is your reward in life. And so we just were able to share with them over a period of three days, uh, Friday night, Saturday, and then Sunday, uh, just how to have a great marriage. And and uh, we talked about the fact that the sad reality is that many people come into marriage and they have, uh, you know, this unrealistic expectation that this is just going to be so easy, it's going to be so wonderful, uh, we're never going to have a problem, we're never going to have an argument, uh, it's, you know, it, the, the, the uh, elation is just going to be off the charts once we say, I do. Hey, everybody goes into marriage with this ideal. Now, a a man has different expectations of what marriage is going to be than a woman does, but we all go in with this idea of this marital ideal. But then we hit reality and the difficulties of life and the struggles of life, and the ideal can quickly become an ordeal And if you live in the ordeal and you don't know how to deal with the conflicts and difficulties, the ordeal can get you to the place where you want a new deal. And that's the sad reality of where we live today in America. So many people are bailing out on marriage. So many Christians, they bail out on marriage. I did a a wedding one time. This was some years ago. And the people went through Uh, premarital counseling. They they were in a different city, so they went through that with their church, but they wanted to get married in Texarkana, so I did the wedding for them. That marriage lasted for four months, four months, and the guy said, I'm out. Now, that was devastating to me. I started putting in my uh, weddings that I did. uh, Now, repeat after me, part of the vows, divorce is not an option. And so I would have him say that divorce is not an option. And I remember the couple that I did that first one I did it to a few years later, they got divorced. Hey, divorce is not an option when we get married and when we follow the Lord, because as the scripture says, for this cause, Genesis 2, 24, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. That's God's design in marriage, that two come together to become one in the Lord. And listen, God has put in man a part of himself, and he's put in woman a part of himself, and so we need one another. It's not good, uh, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable to him, somebody who corresponds to him, somebody who fits him, somebody who can help him and complete him. Debbie completes me. Debbie helps me greatly in life, in marriage, in family in in, uh, raising our girls, and in still uh, encouraging our girls, and coaching our girls, and and, uh, being a consultant to our grown girls and our grandkids. I can't do that by myself. She helps me so much, and she softens me. She helps me to see things that I don't see. Uh, I'm not the same without her, and that's God's design. But now here's the question, and this is what we posed to these couples that we were with. How come people so quickly go from throwing the bouquet to throwing in the towel on marriage? I mean, what, what is happening in the institution of marriage? How come 50 years ago divorce was something that didn't happen all that often, but now it seems like it's something that happens all the time? What are the issues in marriage that cause people to say, I quit, I'm out? Well, we talked to the couples about that, and I wanted to share some of those things with you today as we talk about this issue of marriage. And one of the things, Debbie and I spoke with Family Life Ministries for many, many years, and one of the things that we would tell a... a ballroom full of people. We would go around the country and and speak at these different conferences. Great conferences, I just encourage you. If you're married and you want to have a a marriage boost, uh, check out A Weekend to Remember. Go to familylife.com and check out A Weekend to Remember. They have them all over the country. They are so well done, they're so encouraging, they're so helpful. But uh, one of the things that we would say at the Family Life Marriage Conference is listen, regardless of which marriage you're on because a lot of people this is their second marriage or their third marriage and uh, listen God is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and 500th chances not that anybody would be on their 500th marriage but um, but there is grace and forgiveness in the Lord so we would always tell people listen no matter what marriage this is for you we want this to be your last marriage we want this marriage to go the distance you, you can't unscramble eggs. The things that happened in the past, um, broken relationships, failed marriages, now you're married again, what are you supposed to do, divorce your, your second wife or your third wife to go back to your first wife? No, you, you're supposed to uh, make this marriage work. Just know that you're going to have difficulty in those other uh, past relationships, especially if you have children, but you make this marriage work. We want this to be your last marriage, and we talk to the couples about how to do that. Now, I always use this illustration. Marriage is a lot like golf. If you ever watch golf on TV, it looks very easy. I mean, nobody's really sweating. They're just kind of walking. They're standing around. It's not, like a, it's not like basketball or football where the guys are you know, running up and down the court, gassed and all that stuff. It's not like that. Um, but golf looks easy, But it's not easy. It's the hardest sport I've ever played. Marriage is a lot like golf. It looks easy on the outside looking in. Oh, this is simple. You just fall in love and everything takes care of itself. As the Beatles say, love will keep us together. Baloney. Uh, Marriage is hard. And good marriages don't just happen. It requires work and it requires knowledge, and it requires understanding, and it requires the presence of God to make your marriage all that he wants it to be. And so, unless the Lord builds the house, Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So we're talking about good marriages and how we can have that in the Lord. We're gonna take a quick break, don't go away. You're listening to Real Truth. For today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shree.
1: Millions of persecuted believers, they're suffering and they can use your prayers and financial support right now. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International in the country of Zambia, the place where the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. Shadrach is an elder in a shanty church. He had word that there was an attack coming one Sunday and sure enough, 20 radicals showed up in an attempt to kill all the Christians gathered for worship in that service, about 200 in number. Now in self-defense, Shadrach had a handgun. He used it on a man named Ishmael, didn't kill him, but he injured him but nursed him back to health. He was a livestock farmer, so he took care of the man's livestock. The daughter of that man could not read, could not write. So Shadrach would teach her to read and write using a Bible League program. And I can tell you in grateful response, the entire family and 80 former radicals have come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. They need Bibles at $5 a Bible. Would you pray about it? And then call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. You know the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you.
2: When you begin each day with God, he will transform your life daily. Standing firm in his love in his mercy and in his grace.
1: So join me and other Christian leaders on the first Thursday of May.
2: As we lift up the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready to pray like never before. There are some horrendous things that have been taking place. Bishop E.W. Jackson. But, but, the good news is that God is still on the throne. Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio.
1: He said in the world you would have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And that's the way we've got to approach all this stuff.
2: James McHenry was a physician in the Revolutionary War, a member of the Continental Congress, and a signer of the Constitution. This is Jim Garlow. McHenry was Secretary of War under Washington and Adams. As president of the first Bible Society in Baltimore in 1813, McHenry stated the importance of distributing the Bible. He said, In vain, without the Bible, we increase penal laws and draw entrenchments around our institutions bibles are strong entrenchments where they abound men cannot pursue wicked courses and at the same time enjoy quiet conscience it is a book of counsels and directions fitted to every situation end of quote hebrews 4:12 says the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There's more at WellVersedWorld.org.
0: Welcome back to Real Truth For Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And I'm also the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is a national and international radio and television ministry. And you can hear us every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Well, we're talking today about uh, how to have a good marriage, the issue of marriage, and why so many marriages don't seem to make it. So many fail, and, and so many other marriages that don't fail, they're just not very satisfying. It's, it's like the husbands and wives, they just kind of uh, live together in this mediocre uh, relationship. God didn't create marriage to be a, a downer. He created it to be the most wonderful thing in all of life. And here's the thing, marriage mirrors our relationship with the Lord, because marriage is such a dynamic uh, just like your relationship with Jesus is a dynamic, it doesn't just stay. It just you, you have to keep working and keep seeking the Lord. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all the things we worry about, Jesus said, they'll be added to us. They'll be taken care of. We just trust him. But see, my uh, we, we call it a walk with God. It's a walk with God because it's a step at a time, and it's a, it's a daily walk. Marriage is a lot like that. You know, you can be doing good with your spouse in the morning, and something can happen, and by the evening, uh, it, it is turned uh, it turns south. And it's like, what in the world? We were doing so well just a few hours ago but your walk with the Lord can be like that. You can be doing well with the Lord and then all of a sudden something happens and and uh, there, there's, a, you know, fear comes in and a bad decision comes in and whatever, and then you're just, you feel distant from him. So here's what the Bible says. Therefore, Ephesians chapter five, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil, So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's the will of the Lord. Get ready. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That would turn into riotous, ruinous living. Don't, Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Hey, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, as the old song says, there's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. There's a song in your heart, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, <clears throat> even the Father, <clears throat> and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. And right after that, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. It goes into the husband wife relationship wives be subject to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ also is the head of the church he himself being the savior of the body but as the church is subject to christ so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her What is a wife to do? She is to uh, submit to her husband, to respect her husband, to help her husband. What is a husband to do? He is to lead his wife and love his wife the way Christ loved the church. That's a tall order for guys, to love your wife the way Jesus loves his bride, the way Jesus loves the church. Well, those are commands from God. And the only way we can do it is by yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now, as I mentioned in the first segment, so we were with these couples at Round Top, Texas, at this retreat for the newly and close class at Houston's First Baptist Church. And we were talking about why do so many people start out in marriage so excited and so on fire you go from throwing the bouquet to throwing in the towel and and it can hit very quickly the the ideal can become an ordeal the ordeal can cause people to want a new deal what's the deal with that well here are some things that cause problems for couples first of all they're difficult adjustments you know when you when you get married uh there it's an adjustment it's an adjustment for everybody and there are uh uh, situations with differing backgrounds your family of origin you know that that's a huge thing how did you run things what are you used to as a as a kid growing up in your family it, no doubt it was different than uh, your spouse who grew up in a different family <clears throat> and values and and uh, traditions and all those things they're different there there is baggage from the past <clears throat> So what what are you bringing into the relationship? What kind of hurts do you have? Maybe there's some things that you haven't ever really dealt with, you haven't unpacked, and you, you kind of have hidden those from your spouse. Hey, those are going to come out, and uh, that's going to become evident once you get married. So uh, baggage from the past. How about dealing with in-laws? Uh, sad reality is sometimes uh, – the in-laws can be very, very difficult. And here's what I found. It's mother-in-law with wife. Uh, That can be a difficult uh, relationship, especially if the mother-in-law still has too much connection to her son. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother. So he's not financially tied to them, he's not emotionally tied to them. That is really important because if the guy is still attached to his parents emotionally, it's gonna create a problem in the marriage. And so uh, I've dealt with that as a pastor in many situations where uh, mother-in-law and wife, they just butt heads and that creates a lot of problems. So dealing with in-laws, dealing with an ex, that's a tough, difficult adjustment we also talked to the couples in round rock at this retreat about uh, you know there's nothing in culture that says hey go the distance in marriage what our culture says you deserve to be happy and if it doesn't work out then just bail out you know a big one for many many couples why do they have trouble in marriage and how did they go from throwing the bouquet to wanting to throw throw in the towel inevitable difficulties there, there are difficulties that come to every marriage. There are difficulties that come to every life. Job 14, verse 1, Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of trouble. Jesus said, In the world you have tribulation. You have pressures and stresses and problems. But be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Now, we... we uh, Talked to the couples about difficulties that even in their short marriages, some of them had been married for like three weeks, and it was great that they were at this this marriage retreat because they want to start their marriage off right. But married for three weeks, some two months, some six months. I think a couple were in there that were married almost a year. But see, the class is designed to uh, to be a one year, and then you launch into another. Uh, Bible study fellowship class, but it's just to give you a foundation for marriage. And so people normally stay a year and then they then they leave. And so <clears throat> we talk to these couples uh, about these inevitable difficulties. Well, a lot of them haven't really experienced that. They're still in the honeymoon phase. But any of us who have been married for a while, we know the honeymoon stage doesn't last for the length of the marriage. It doesn't last for 50, 60 uh, years. It it doesn't last, uh, most of the time, it doesn't last for longer than a few months. And so these couples were looking at us. We just said, hey, you are going to deal with difficulties in your marriage. You're going to deal with sickness. You're going to deal with the issues of miscarriages. You're going to deal with the issues of finances, of job loss, perhaps, of moving from one city Uh, where you're close to family to another city where you're far away from family with the the death of uh, loved ones. I mean, all those things are are coming, Uh, the difficulties with in-laws, the difficulties with exes, inevitable difficulties. And it's important to have a plan to get you through those. And then we just talked about the, listen, of uh, adultery is an atom bomb that you drop into a marriage. You have to avoid that at all costs. Don't let yourself get tied up emotionally with a person of the opposite sex. Don't share things uh, that are uh, too personal or intimate with a person of the opposite sex. Your best friend cannot be a person of the opposite sex. You have to start building uh, boundaries around you because you, you have left all others. Uh, to be with your spouse and leaving all others, I will be to you a true and faithful spouse as long as we both shall live. And then we just talked about plain old selfishness. Hey, you know, at the core of who you are, at the core of who I am, selfish. That is the core of sin. I know Walker Wildman has the radio program at the core and uh, wonderful program. At the core of who you are, at the core of who I am, is selfishness. The big I. Sin is spelled S-I-N. And the core of the word sin is I. It's all about me. Um, hey, Eve, eat of this fruit. God knows if you eat of this fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And you can be your own God, and you won't need to depend upon God. That is the core of sin. And so when people get married, at their core, unless they're letting themselves be filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to be selfish. And two selfish people are going to have difficulty. Somebody described marriage. What is marriage? It's two ticks and no dog. Uh, We're trying to feed off of the other person. Hey, you make me happy. No, you make me happy. You have to find your happiness in the Lord, and so watch out for selfishness. Now, as we read in Ephesians 5, a wife's job is to submit herself to her husband's leadership, and a husband's job is to lead. Uh, A husband's job is to love his wife. A wife's job is to respect her husband. And as I told the guys, and as I tell you, all you husbands that are out there listening, we're to love our wives even when she's not very lovable jesus loves us even when we're not lovable and wives you are to love you are to respect your husband even when he's not very respectable how are you going to do that you can only do that with the strength the lord provides you can only do that in the lord and and remember this There's coming a day when we have to stand before God. We have to give an account of our lives before the Lord. And uh, he is going to ask me as a husband and as a father, Jeff, I gave you Debbie to love and to lead. I gave you Jill, Amy, and Sarah to love and to lead. How did you do with your job assignment? And one day it's coming for Debbie her one-on-one with the Lord, her performance evaluation, so to speak, as a believer at the Bema, the great white throne or the the judgment seat of Christ, she's going to have that. How well did you do as a wife and as a mom? Your job was to be Jeff's helper. Your job was to respect him. How well did you do that? Well, Lord, he didn't lead very well. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Ah, we're not talking about him. We're talking about you. And so, Husbands, wives, we need to do our job. And uh, men, when we talk about leadership, that is so critical. How do you do it? What is it? Leadership is involving your wife. It's not just uh, shutting her out and saying, this is what's going to happen because I'm the leader. Leadership is involving her. Leadership is hearing from her. Leadership is sharing with her. Leadership is bringing things to the table and talking things out and doing life together. I ran into this quote, Uh, it is so powerful. It's from a very famous actress who was married and divorced four times, married five times, divorced four times. She probably would have gotten divorced again, but she died uh, four months into her fifth marriage. She says this, millions of words have been written on how a man should love a woman. I would like to give you my reflections on the things a man should not do in loving a woman. First, don't yield your leadership. That's the main thing. Don't hand us the reins. We would consider that an abdication on your part. It would confuse us. It would alarm us. It would make us pull back. Quicker than anything else, it would fog the clear vision that made us love you in the first place. Oh, we will try to get you to give up your position as number one in the household. That's the terrible contradiction in us. We will seem to be fighting you to the last ditch for final authority on everything for a while. But in the obscure recesses of our hearts, we want you to win. We need you to win. Listen, we aren't really made for leadership. It's just a pose. Those were the words of Judy Garland. Somewhere over the rainbow, the Wizard of Oz, Judy uh, Judy Garland, and she uh, hit the nail on the head. A woman needs a man to be the leader. So guys, as you're listening, that's your job assignment before the Lord, to lead your wife and to lead her gently, patiently, sacrificially, to love her, to cherish her, to nourish her. She is God's gift to you. And women, your, your job assignment before the Lord, to respect your husband. He needs your respect. He wants your respect so much. Listen, a wife is to a husband what a wind is to a fire. She can fan him up or she can blow him out don't blow him out. Build him up. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. Speak words that build up your husband, not words that tear him down. Hey, when we come back, we'll be taking your calls. The number is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. Let's talk about this subject of marriage. We'll be right back after a quick break.
2: and sign up for our daily news brief at afn.net.
0: The thing that solidified the reality that you were my wife was your heart for God. When the scripture says, he that finds a wife. So I began conferring with my pastor in New Orleans the whole time. I, yeah. I would tell him about you, tell him when we, you know, when we spend time together. And he said, "Abe, hey, spend some time praying and ask God to
2: reveal her heart to you and write down what the Lord chose you, and which is what I did. It was all God. It was really God because when you did that, you followed the instruction of your pastor and God revealed to you who I was. God showed you things that you couldn't have known at that moment in our short time meeting each other. I was so grateful because it showed me that you hear from God. And I was at that moment convinced that the only place to live is in the middle of God's will. Like I knew that was a part of the foundation that God would have us to build for our marriage, you know, going forward. TUNE IN TO BY DESIGN, SATURDAY AFTERNOONS AT 4 CENTRAL ON AMERICAN FAMILY RADIO. WE'VE ALWAYS HAD AN INTEREST, GOD HAS GIVEN US A GIFT OF BEING ABLE TO HELP A LOT OF PEOPLE WITH THEIR FINANCES AND BUDGETS AND STUFF. BERNIE AND ALICE LARSON ARE FAITHFUL SUPPORTERS OF THE AMERICAN FAMILY ASSOCIATION.
1: WE WERE THINKING ABOUT THE CHARITABLE GIFT ANNUITIES, AND WE'D NEVER HEARD OF THAT BEFORE, BUT WE THOUGHT, WELL, WE'D ALWAYS WANTED TO LEAVE SOME OF OUR MONEY with FOR GOD but we didn't know where or how, and we felt like this was put into our laps as answer to our prayers as to what we could do after we're gone.
2: The Larsons learned that a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation would provide them with monthly income for life, as well as supporting the American Family Association into the future. You can learn more about charitable annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345.
1: You just can't outgive God, and He just keeps pouring back into us.
0: Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about the issue of marriage. Hey, good marriages don't just happen it takes a husband doing his job and a wife doing her job a husband's job is to love and lead a wife's job is to follow to respect and to depend upon the lord uh, for strength to do that job to help her husband that's what she was created for i will make a helper god says suitable for the man and he made woman. Now, I think I'm, I'm biased because uh, I married a beautiful woman and we have three beautiful daughters and we have two granddaughters. We got our first grandson, Jack, just about nine months ago. And uh, But I, I am biased on women. I think women are the greatest creatures that God ever made. You know, it, God says it was good, it was good, it was good. And then he creates Adam and he sees that Adam is alone and he said it is not good. For the man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable to him. And he makes Eve from Adam's side. He takes a bone and some flesh from Adam's side, performs the first surgery. And, when, and, he, and he fashions Eve, this beautiful creature. Adam was formed, but Eve was fashioned. Uh, She was sculpted. Uh, She is something special. And Adam says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Man is Ish and woman is Isha. And I love that because it's like, wow, Isha. She shall be called woman, Isha because she was taken out of man and what does the lord say at the end of day six of creation when adam and eve are there together be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and god saw all that he had made and it was very good it's not very good until eve comes on the scene and so i am so partial to women and uh, women are great when they're good but when they're bad they're horrible um dealing with three daughters <clears throat> they can just be so mean but when they're good they're great when they're bad they're horrible and guys if you are married God has given you something special in that woman so love her and lead her listen we'd love to take your calls 18885898840 The number to call is 1-888-589-8840, and we're talking about the issue of marriage. Why am I talking about marriage? Well, Debbie and I just finished a marriage retreat, uh, just got back into town yesterday afternoon late. And from Round Top, Texas, as we were ministering to couples and just pouring into couples and uh, so encouraged by these couples that want to have a godly marriage and want to have a great family, and they're starting out right. Good marriages don't just happen. It takes work to make them good. Now, you might have heard uh, all the things going on with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. I, I don't... I don't know how anyone can't uh, can't have heard about the slap heard around the world at the uh, big event for actors and actresses just a few weeks ago. Well, I listened to an interview with Will Smith, and um, he was saying, you know, I was killing it out in my profession, but I was bombing it at home. His home life was going terrible, and... Uh, But his business life, his professional life was going great. And so what do you do when your home life is terrible but your professional life is great? Do you feel good about yourself? No. He didn't feel good about himself. Every man wants home to be a 10. We want it to be great. We don't want to fail at home. There's a quote I read years ago from J. Paul Getty, one of the richest men who has ever lived. He made it huge in oil and gas. And uh, he said, I would have given all my millions to have had one successful marriage. He had five of them. They all ended in divorce. And all his wives ended up hating him. And he was estranged from his children. I don't know all the ins and outs of J. Paul Getty, but my uh, guess is that he spent all his time at work and didn't work at home and I uh, just thought home should take care of itself. Home doesn't take care of itself. Nothing takes care of itself. You have to give it attention and the attention that guys give at work versus the attention they give to the home uh, so often is so different and uh, you know they know hey if, I, if I'm given you know 20 percent effort at in my job I'm not gonna do very well but yet they come home and give 20% effort at home, being a husband, being a dad, and they think everything should go well. It's not going to go well. One of the things I told the couples and I told the guys, we had a breakout session on Saturday night and Debbie talked to the, to the ladies and I talked to the guys and I said, guys, here's something that you can do. Um, I said, ask your wife on a Regular basis, once a week, once every two weeks or something like that. Just say, honey, how are we doing? On a scale of 1 to ten, one being the worst, 10 being the best, what would you give our relationship right now? And see, most of the time, the husband's idea of where the relationship is is going to be different than the wife's. And the husband will be thinking, not 100%, but often the husband gives the relationship more points than the wife does. Because the wife thinks emotionally and the husband thinks more physically. And if the sex life is good in the husband's mind, then he thinks the marriage is good. But the wife, she sees it totally differently. She says, hey, if... How are we doing emotionally? Are you nourishing me and cherishing me? See, God made a woman to be a responder. She responds to a man and she responds to his loving leadership. She responds to being cherished. She responds to being nourished. She responds to words. She typically is very verbal, much more verbal than a man. And she sees not with her eyes she sees with her ears you can speak to a woman that's why you can see a, a good-looking woman with a guy that's you know so-so but you rarely see a really good-looking guy with a woman who's just so-so because men see with their eyes men are very visual men are very physically oriented and a woman is not like that uh, a woman wants to be with a guy who makes them feel special who cherishes them so guys something that you can do with your wives how are we doing on a scale of one to ten and don't get mad at her answer let her answer honestly this is where we are so she says uh, we're at a five well a five is not good obviously so you can say well I thought we were at like a seven no we're at a five well what can I do to move the five to a seven and ask them for specifics Here's the other thing that I really emphasize with the couples as we were back together on Sunday. I said, you need to be able to honestly communicate and you need to spell things out. Men speak testosterone. Women speak estrogen. And the idea that she should know that I'm frustrated because our love life isn't isn't as frequent as it needs to be. She doesn't know that. And wives... Your idea that you say, well, he should know that he's blowing me off. He should know that I'm upset. He should know that when he said this or did this, it really hurt my feelings. Chances are he doesn't know that. Chances are he's not doing it on purpose. He's not trying. He's not waking up in the morning thinking, how can I hurt my wife's feelings today? So you need to tell him. When your feelings are hurt, you need to tell him. And guys, when you uh, are frustrated with your wife, you need to tell her, hey, uh, this happened, that happened, um, I feel this way. Take out the I statement, uh, you know, you did this, you did this, you did this. Take out those you uh, statements that where you uh, accuse the person and just use more I statements. I feel this way. Hey, when this happened, it, it made me feel like this and it made me feel very disrespected. made me feel very, uh, you know, untreasured and uncherished. And, And talk through those things. Don't just assume that your spouse knows how you feel. They don't unless you tell them. And so that is so very important in marriage to have open lines of communication. And we talked very frankly, and this uh, this is what's so good about a marriage retreat, you're able to talk about the taboo subject of sex. You know, we don't really talk about that very often, frankly, openly in church, because it's really not uh, the place to do that, and you have... Uh, all ages in there, you have kids in there, you have to be careful what you say. But when you have a marriage retreat, you can start talking turkey about this, this issue of sexual intimacy in marriage. And uh, I always tell the couples this, we should not be ashamed to talk about what God was not ashamed to create. God created sex. He told Adam and Eve, hey, be fruitful and multiply. How are they going to do that? They're going to have a lot of sex. Adam and Eve had a lot of kids, tons of kids. We don't know how many, the Bible doesn't say how many, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they lived uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. I wouldn't be surprised if if Adam and Eve had a hundred plus children. Uh, That's how the earth populated, from two people, from Adam and Eve. People like to say, well, uh, obviously God made more people than just Adam and Eve, because where did Cain get his wife? Cain had to marry his sister, because that's all there was. There was Adam, Eve, and their sons and their daughters, and for the population to begin with two people, uh, sons and daughters have to marry uh, to, to populate the earth. And so where did Adam get his wife? Adam got his wife from his sister. But listen, if, if mom and dad have a hundred kids, uh, there's a chance that you may not know them all. Uh, you know, you're not going to grow up if you're a hundred and mom has another baby. Uh, you may not know who that, who that sibling is and uh you know 100 200 who knows she's she called eve the mother of all the living so we don't know how many children they had but they had uh relationships uh, with their siblings and from that it grew be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth sex is a good thing it's created by god for procreation it was created by god for pleasure and there's pleasure in the sexual relationship. But listen, Hebrews chapter 13, verse four, let the marriage bed be undefiled for fornicators, those who have sex before they're married, and adulterers, those who are married but have sex with somebody outside of their marriage bonds, God will judge. Marriage is sacred and the only place for sexual relationships is in marriage. Sex is fire, and marriage is the fireplace, and that's the only place for a fire in your home is the fireplace, and that's the only place that God created for sexual intimacy is the confines of marriage, and God wants that to be a great relationship, and husbands and wives need to be able to talk freely and openly about that. Because sex doesn't make a marriage, but sex is the thermometer of the marriage. You want to know how your marriage is going and you have two healthy uh, people in the marriage? Look to the bedroom because the bedroom will show you. If the marriage is going south, there's not going to be a lot of fireworks taking place in the bedroom. I had a lady tell me one time in counseling, she said, what my husband doesn't get is this. And she pointed to her heart. And she said, if it's not going on in my heart, it's not going to be going on in my body. He needs to fill my emotional tank. That is why the question, honey, how are we doing in our marriage? That question is critical because you find out what is the uh, temperature of her heart. How well am I filling her emotional tank? Well, this, uh, This month at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, we're talking about the divine design, God's plan for marriage and family, and so I'm going to be doing a series of sermons on uh, how to find the right person this Sunday. I'm going to talk about that. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, how to find a right person, how to have a good and godly marriage. It is so important. Remember that quote from J. Paul Getty, I would have given all my millions to have one successful marriage. So let me encourage you who are married to press into the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it, press into the Lord, trust him, and do your job as a husband, do your job as a wife. Husbands, love your wives, encourage her, cherish her, nourish her. Wives, see to it that you respect your husband and be his greatest cheerleader, and build him up, never tear him down. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I look forward to being with you tomorrow. Hey, remember, shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you. He wants to use your life today to make a difference in the lives of others. God bless you.